Welcome to Tarpod, the podcast for everything talent acquisition and recruitment. We're informative, controversial, and a little bit crazy. Now, please join your hosts and industry leaders, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone. It's Lauren, and welcome to Tarpod. Hi everyone, Craig here, and we're sitting in the epicentre of RMIT's talent team with Nicola Harrison today, Director of Talent. Welcome, Nicola. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Uh, yeah, and thank um, you for having us off site. It's I exciting. Know. This is the first time we've ventured out of our little four walled prison. So today we, we really want to focus on your journey to start with. So, how did you get into recruitment? Oh, so my original career was archaeology. So, wow. My first yeah, job out of uni, yes, amazed faces opposite me. <laughs> And I'm going to call you that, Indiana that, Jones from now on. Yes, I, I prefer Lara Croft, if only, I looked, if only I looked like that. Yes, Indiana Jones has a lot to answer for, um, heavily influenced by those movies as a child, I think. <laughs> and, and so, a uh, long story short, archaeology, after my first, my first job out of uni was as an archaeologist, and I pretty soon realised that that was not where I wanted to be, and I didn't want to do my PhD in clay pipes or... Like it, <laughs> It was just not interesting. And I bummed around for a bit working in retail and, you know, got like a few leadership roles around an area for IKEA, blah, blah, blah. But I really was kind of directionless. And then I'd been in Australia for maybe three years, um, just trying to get PR through. And once the PR came through, it was then I knew that I could actually start applying for, you know, career type role. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know what to do, so I went to the, the library, which is just down the road, and I got the book of careers out, and <laughs> I wrote down everything that I thought sounded cool, and I had some parameters, like I wasn't going back to uni. I'd been in retail, so I didn't want to work weekends anymore. Yeah. I knew I was really good at sales, and I knew that I was, you know, and I started crossing out all the things that wouldn't make sense, and I was left with two, so I was left with real estate or recruitment, and obviously real estate has a lot of weekend work, so that was crossed out, and, and recruitment was left. That and then, was the last, last three. There you go, so, and then I just started applying for jobs, and I got my first gig with Hudson as just a little um, office support recruiter <laughs> out in Mount Waverley, thank you Hudson. Mount yeah. Waverley. In Mount Waverley, wow. yeah, yeah. And then from there, so did you stay with Hudson or yeah, so I was with Hudson for nine years, but in that time, so I I started as a, a consultant, and honestly, my first year as a recruitment consultant was like being on holiday, <laughs> because I didn't have a team to lead, and I was earning a bonus, and I was like, this is amazing. And then I ran the Mount Waverley branch, I moved across into the city with Hudson, and then I moved into RPO, and so my first RPO on site was with Medibank. Medibank. Yeah. Wow. And... From there to RMIT, so with a lot of RPOs within Hudson Group first, or no, no. So um, I Medibank was my first opportunity to work on site, mm-hmm. and I really loved the connection to the customer, which is something that you miss in agency. Mm-hmm. And for me, agency was really exciting. I was, you know, I really loved getting new customers. Da 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 da. But there was. Uh, lack of fulfillment in that you didn't actually get to really build deep relationships, I felt. And so from Medibank, I moved in-house. Yep. Um, so I left Hudson at nine years, I moved in-house and um, ran talent for Kmart. So let's move to RMIT. Yeah. 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 So you started at RMIT about a year ago? Or? Yeah, so October last year. 
Okay, and so when during the process, obviously there would have been a, a discussion about the what the role is going to look like, what you were going to come in and do. Mm -hmm. So from day one or even just before that, what was the expectation from you and was it the same when you got here? Okay, so my boss, Ali, during the whole process told me that I was moving into a renovator's delight. Renovator's oh, delight. Gosh. Renovator's There's delight. No such thing. <laughs> yes, and so when I turned up, it really was that. In fact, there are only three recruiters in my team that predate me. Wow. So it was a real transformation, and you know, those first few months um, were really challenging. RMIT as a brand, you know, the time of year and the, the position of the brand, I think at that time, just weren't attracting the level of recruiter that I really needed yep. to um, to bring in a service that the university hadn't had before, um, and which is when we partnered, Craig, and you helped me yeah. in terms of that pipeline of recruiters, and we made some great hires through mm. that process, so well done. Thank you. A <laughs> um, little plug, you can pay me later. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say that we've had a, not only have we brought in a lot of new people. So if you look around today, I don't know, there's something 25, 30. 25, 30 people in the team, yeah. wow. But we've also started to bring in new services. So employment branding mm. is a brand new concept um, for the university. Um, and I'm really delighted that we have Keila Trevelli, who's joined the team in that role. And then Fantastic. Carol Corzo joined the team recently for, to head up talent inclusion. So how do we support the university with its objectives around getting more females in leadership, mm. building stronger pipelines of talent, really making Indigenous recruitment normalised, not just for those roles that have a special yep. measure on them. You know, that feeling of belonging is really important to the university. And so Carol's joined the team to support me with really looking at the way we do things, our processes, our technologies, and how do we start to build out some of those pieces of work as well. So the maturity of the um, the team in 11 months to go from really only being able to support the university with the admin yep. side of recruitment to actually really adding value, lots of international recruitment, lots of search and reaching out to candidates really is bringing in a different type of person to RMIT because RMIT has got an amazing story. Yeah. It's just it's not well known. So and my role got, is to help that. And you've got international campuses? We do. So we have campuses in Vietnam. Yeah. So we have a few campuses there, the main one um, in Ho Chi Minh mm -hmm. um, and then a smaller one in Hanoi. And then we have subsidiaries um, where we don't own campus but our courses are taught through third parties, mm -hmm. um, so across Singapore, etc., etc. So it's a really diverse organisation. We have a research centre based in um, Barcelona as well, yep, yep. which I'm desperate to go to <laughs> if anyone from RMIT is listening. <laughs> Thank you. So it, it's a really, really varied organisation. Yeah. So prior to you coming in and having the renovators delight, mm. what was happening here? How did they do it? Was it just all over the place? Everyone looked after themselves, every department? or So the people who were here before did a really good job of managing high volumes in a function that just wasn't well set up for success. Mm. So I think a review was done before I joined because the organisation understood 
that one of the critical risks to any business is not getting the right talent in and not being able to fill critical roles and not having strong successes in your um, pipeline. And so whether that's internal or external. And so a review was done and, and it was found that you know, the function just hadn't been set up for success. So the people who were here before worked really hard and there were far fewer of them than there are now. So, um, but it was really only set up to almost as a admin service to move those applicants across mm. to hiring managers to review. So was it fair to say it was a little bit more reactive than proactive? Yeah, and I think we're still in that space. You know, I don't know a lot of organisations that are really good at workforce planning mm. and certainly whilst we are really trying hard, we're running, you know, we're having some conversations and we're really trying to become strategic about what the next few years looks like. It's new territory, as it is for most organisations, to actually try and quantify what that workforce plan is going to look like. Unless you work in, you know, a service like, you know, Australia Post, pretty good because it would have a bit of a prediction around demand. Yeah. Whereas here, you know, it's kind of hard to know how many students are going to come, yeah. mm. et cetera, et cetera. So obviously you, you're still in the middle of a large transformation internally. So some things you, know, you just can't talk about because they're, they're either ongoing um, or just starting or planned for the future. Yeah. But some of the wins that you've had in the last year, apart from the size and quality of, of the team and the different people you've brought in, are there any other sort of technologies that have been introduced or any other processes that you... Yeah. That are okay, so good question. So I think if we think about some of the wins, so from a technology perspective, it was really just trying to get the function to fit for purpose because um, the recruiters only had page up and limited yeah. LinkedIn licenses. Mm -hmm. So expanding out our ability to search and also um, insights so that we can actually start supporting those particularly senior um, recruitment with insight. Mm -hmm. These are the countries that we're likely to have to go to. These, this is what the male-female split looks like. And actually, if we're serious about females, then how do we change some of these things to become really yeah. attractive? These are some of the messages that are out in market at the moment. And if you want to be competitive, this is what we need to do. So really starting from an insight perspective and giving value into the business to help it achieve what it's trying to achieve. We're, we're using Vervo at the moment to help introduce real life assessments. Right. Um, I'm a really big fan from a recruitment perspective of understanding, it's not just somebody's technical skills, but the way they go about it. And yeah. the best way to see that is to have a demonstration of that, I think. And how does that work? Mm. So I don't know the technology, how yeah. does that sort of work? Oh, so there's a variety of um, ways you can use it. And this is not a plug for Verbo. I'm sure there are other technologies that do that. But so your candidates can make a video, for instance, or you can set an assessment. So for instance, I don't know, coding. Let's yep. have a look at your coding skill. So really any sort of assessment that you want to put in there, if that's personality assessment, you could do that also. Um, I'm a big fan of skill-related assessment to give you some sort of insight. So we use that quite regularly. And we, we are using that for one of our um, most prestigious recruitment processes at the moment, which okay. is the Vice Chancellor's Fellows. Yep. And, and it was a really great place to trial that technology. Our faculty of research and innovation um, is really about solving industry or world problems, I guess, wow. um, which is where they draw on expertise across 
disciplines. So we might need a biologist and we might need a physicist and we might need an engineer because we're trying to actually understand how we're ever going to live on the moon. This is not a real <laughs> thing, by the way. Yeah. I don't think they're working on that. Um, <laughs> but um, we're shut so, down any moment now. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're all moving black. to the moon. Um, so cross cross-disciplinary and and so they're really you know innovative really open to trying some new ways of working and so we thought we would trial it there um, and so far our feedback from our candidates has been phenomenal in terms of the experience but we're only midway through that process so yeah. the proof is always in the pudding so let's see at the end whether we get amazing candidates mm. or not I okay I was gonna say you are speaking at Wreckfest this year you have the stage. Mm. So what pearls of wisdom are you going to depart <laughs> on all of us? <laughs> pearls of wisdom, oh, expectation. So really, Wreckfest is, I'm, I'm going to be sharing a few stories. So I mentioned earlier, RMIT, I think as a university, or the university sector probably just isn't high on people's radar as a destination to work at, mm-hmm. unless you're an academic and then it's, Pretty obvious, but even yeah. then, what differentiates RMIT from you know the University of Sydney, apart from being in different states, right? right. So what is the proposition? What I've learned, and, and so I had no understanding of RMIT really. When I was approached for the role, I was kind of like, what, no, that's not <laughs> really in my, no. And then I had some good stories, and then I met some amazing people, and, and then I was in. Yeah. And I was like, how has this happened? Um, so. Wreckfest is going to be sharing a few surprising stories, I think, mm. but it's also going to be really talking about impact and purpose. So as recruiters, you know, none of us get out of bed just to fill a role. Like that's not our sense of satisfaction. It's around the, the impact to people's lives, the impact to the organisation, et cetera, et cetera, and having some fun on the way. Mm. So. I'll be sharing some stories along those lines. That are fun. Hope so. <laughs> if not fun, certainly surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Excellent. In terms of the next phase for RMIT, the sort of things that are in the in planning that that you can share, like not specifics, but areas. Where are the parts of the talent function internally in RMIT where you still see as streams for improvement? Oh, so many. So I think. This transformation journey is really exciting mm. because it's it's really not often you get to go into an organisation that has been around for so long, 10,000 employees, Jeez. and yet have a function that is really, really low on its maturity level. Mm. And so we, we have certainly made a, che- a step change, but I can see a long road ahead of us in terms of um, the things that we can support the organisation with. So certainly um, we'll have a technology roadmap yep. that we... I try not to get excited about at the moment because it's not signed off, so, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of the, the support within the university to to make this function a sort of a leading yeah. function and, and developing your own people as opposed to having to go external for X percent of, of yeah. what you're doing, is there an appetite internally for that support or do you find that challenging sometimes I think like any organization it's a mixed bag yeah but what I do really love about this organization is for the most part people are really willing to try something different so if you think about just the volume of videos we're putting out yeah so 
When I signed that deal and told the recruiters that their objective was to now get a video for every job, I really was not sure how the culture of the organisation was going to respond to that because I'd only been here two months myself. Yes, yes. And yet, you know, we people jump to it. They see the value of it. It is actually a well-loved medium mm -hmm. now within the organisation. And I've seen a, a lot of other organisations try and fail with... Um, getting more video content out. Does and marketing get involved? Marketing are a great support yeah. to us. And, and one of the biggest, the most refreshing things about RMIT is just how collegiate the university can be. Oh, great. Um, so we pull together campaigns in time frames that I just would not have been able to achieve in other organisations just because of the way that our internal and external comms and marketing mm. You know, they pull together and really um, step up when you've got a need to yeah. help you achieve something. You've had the buy-in with all the other departments yeah. to help you out. Well, I think from a cultural perspective, wow. they so culturally, they are. You know, it's a nice place to be. Mm. Firstly, so not as many mean girls or mean boys <laughs> um, as some places have been, but also. It makes sense. So, you know, when we're having conversations around um, recruitment marketing, you know, and having those conversations with marketing experts, etc., you know, they totally understand. Mm. They understand why you need a CRM. They understand why you need to put a campaign out. Mm. And so, of course, they want to help because we're working it's for the betterment of the organisation that they work for. Look, Nicola, we'll just have a break there and we'll pick this up next week. We seem to be going over time here. So, Tar Potters, tune in next week to myself and Craig and Nicola and we'll continue this fabulous conversation in RMIT. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Tar Pod. Please don't forget to subscribe and look out for upcoming podcasts.